0: Hello, and welcome to the Girl Tries Life podcast, where we give you tangible, actionable tips to help you lead your best life. And not only that, but we are sharing stories of women who are just like you and I, who are doing incredible things, whether it be a career, a hobby, a belief, a point of view. And I really hope that you get a lot out of these interviews, that their stories inspire you to realize that you too can lead your own best life, and that that looks different for each and every one of us. Today on the podcast, we are joined by not one, but two ladies, Christy McMurray and Allison Lapchick. Once upon a time, these ladies were complete strangers. And then in true serendipity, they found one another while they were both trying to start the Calgary chapter of 100 Women Who Care. This is an organization that In a nutshell, takes 100 members, ideally, our chapter has far more than that, who meet on a quarterly basis and nominate charities to win $100 that each of the women are giving four times a year. So in theory, if you have 100 members, that's $10,000 four times a year that they're giving away. Thanks to these two ladies coming together and their passion and commitment to make this happen, the Calgary chapter has raised over a quarter of a million dollars. But we don't just talk about 100 women in this podcast episode. We we talk about community, the importance of self-care, parenting, the difference that just a little bit of care and generosity can make, and how to set your own standards for what living your best life is. I was honestly inspired by these two women, and I really hope that you enjoy their story. Show notes for today can be found at www.girltrieslife.com forward slash podcast forward slash two five without further ado let's head over to the interview thank you ladies for joining me i really appreciate having you here today thank you thank you so i was hoping that you could give the listeners a brief overview of what 100 women is
1: So 100 Women is really a group of caring local women who want to make a difference and engage in their community, but don't necessarily have a lot of time to do so, to volunteer, but through our organization they're able to make a really concrete difference and learn about their community in just four hours a year. And how did you two come to found the Calgary Chapter? How did that come about? So I went, um, I was visiting my in-laws in Windsor, in August 2013, and my mother-in-law took me to a 100 Women Who Care uh, meeting in Windsor. So, and I immediately, it just lit a fire <laughs> under me because it, I, within a five minutes of being there, I understood what they were doing. You know, everyone's giving a hundred dollars and a hundred people giving hundred dollars is a $10,000 donation. I was really inspired by the women getting up, speaking for these charities and how much I learned um, in that short period of time. So I thought, if this doesn't already exist in Calgary, I'm gonna make it happen. And maybe I'll let Christy talk about how she came in.
2: Right, I was on Facebook and a friend of mine, I'm from Kingston in Ontario originally, and she had a link from 100 Women Who Care Kingston and I thought, I wonder what that is, and I clicked on it and I went to their site and I thought, this is an amazing idea. Surely there is a chapter like this in Calgary. And so I went looking for it. And after searching uh, for a couple of days, I came upon a Facebook page that Allison had just put up and reached out to her and said, I'd love to help in any way that I can. Interestingly enough, Allison's from that same town. And so yeah. we just, we quickly got together and and started to get uh, the ball rolling on making this happen and finding other like-minded women who wanted to help us make make this a reality so what would be the
1: process or what's your advice for anyone wanting to start their own local chapter Uh, i would say get in touch with someone who's already started it because there's no sense in recreating the wheel i've personally helped a lot of chapters all over the place too like in the states and and across Canada because it's pretty simple but it, it's worth it to talk to somebody who's sort of gone through and maybe learn some lessons uh, but really all you need to get started is is a close group of women who are willing to put some work into it because it is a bit of work to get things started but once that ball is rolling pretty simple to keep it going How have you seen it changed over the three almost four years it's been going? So it's it's changed a lot since we started because our chapter was the fifth in Canada and now there's there's probably almost 200 in Canada today so ours was the first in western Canada and I know when I was first pitching this idea and trying to get people interested it was really hard it was quite an uphill battle there was no name recognition there nobody had ever heard of it a lot of people doubted the concept. A lot of people were on board right away too, but it wasn't easy. Today, most people have heard of it. There's, It's, it's a quite a bit easier because there are so many all across Canada now, so I think that's changed a lot, and our chapter has changed a fair bit because we've gone from, we had 79 women at our first meeting, and now we've got well over 200 active members, and not only that, we've got... An active group of volunteers that really are the reason this can keep going because the first I'd say two years the amount of work I know I can speak for myself the amount of work I personally put into it would not have been sustainable if I couldn't bring in volunteers to help keep it keep it rolling
2: and I would say as far as advice goes finding people that know how to do what you don't so you know Allison taught herself WordPress and how to make the website and that wasn't a skill that she had I attempted it and closed it pretty quickly <laughs> because <laughs> it was all Greek to me in, yeah. the, in the code and what have you but absolutely finding people who have that skill set and the time to help you with it because as she said we it was the two of us really trying to make a go of things and once we had things running smoothly and felt that we could piece out some of the work that we were doing, Uh, it certainly took a lot of the workload off of us. Mm -hmm. um, And we have just an amazing core group of volunteers now that helps us pull off everything to do with the actual meetings themselves, but also all the work behind the scenes too.
1: What are your hopes for it going forward? Our hope, I think, is just to keep it going, to keep the engagement, keep the interest in being engaged with your community, learning about the needs that are out there, I I think it'd be great if we grew a bit more, but you know, eventually, if we had to use a saddle dome, we we're open to it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, right now, it's just great to. I feel like we're at a bit of a steady state. We've we've sort of been consistently at two hundred twenty really active members for the past you know year plus, and that's been really great because it's been nice and sustainable, I would say, and. Moving forward, we really just want to keep being able to give to charities who need it at the time. So when we first gave our $8,000 to the Boys and Girls Club back in November 2013, um, I don't think we ever, our goal was to raise $40,000 a year for local charities because, you know, theoretically 100 people giving four times a year, you're going to end up giving $40,000. So we did meet that goal. But I don't think we imagined that we would be exceeding a quarter million three years later. And, and it's incredible. If you just start something, just take the first step before you know it. You're, you've gotten somewhere in no time. Do you guys see yourself doing a big event for when you raise a million? Because that's not going to be that far
0: <laughs> away, really.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yes. That would be worth celebrating. Yeah. And we do we do try to celebrate the little wins. A lot, and they're not little either now. But uh, we do try to celebrate along the way. And I know next month we're going to be just getting together for volunteer appreciation. uh, Because, again, like I said before, we really couldn't do this uh, if it weren't for people being willing to sort of step up and help out even more.
0: Well, and the city itself can't operate without volunteers. I have to get the stat to put in the show notes. But there's something along the lines of if you were to take the... Volunteer hours that are done in the city and multiply it by your average wage—it's mm-hmm. a huge percentage of GDP actually that volunteers are giving back to the community. We couldn't, we couldn't do half the social services we do without volunteers. Absolutely. And I think yeah. that
1: that that's the need right there that we're filling for people because I know when I went to that meeting in Windsor, the Hundred Women Who Care, I had just decided to be a stay-at-home mom like six months earlier. So I left my career and and was was staying at home with the kids and I really loved the idea of being involved in community and giving back but I definitely didn't feel like I had the time to do that or even know where to start and that's what this did for me is opened my eyes that you could come and actually engage with this and just do it over four hours in a year and that filled that need for me and I think it's filling the need for a lot of women who are professionals, especially in Calgary, who really don't, they want to give back. People do want to give back, but if it looks like an insurmountable thing, they're going to put it off. But if it looks like, hey, that's only four hours a year, I can definitely <laughs> do that. They're going to participate and feel really good that they are also yeah. giving back.
0: And it's fun and inspirational and it's not, it's not a bad way to spend four hours a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very feel good yeah. way to spend that time. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what you both do in your professional lives. So, Christy, you work as a professional fundraiser for the
2: Children's Hospital. That's right. And yeah. I've been in fundraising for a number of years at yeah. different organizations. And um, I came b- through into fundraising by way of special event planning. And it's it's a wonderful daytime job and people that I work with think it's kind of interesting that I fundraise in my spare time too (laughs) but for me it was a way to be involved with other organizations that same as Allison was saying that I necessarily didn't have the time or you know I can't give my services to another organization because I myself am a fundraiser so how do I get involved, give back, be a member of the community. And it's something I, I can do easily. And so why not put my efforts behind organizing 100 Women Who Care and, and tapping into that? So. And I think there's a lot of folks that end up in fundraising roles
0: at really small non profits that haven't had that, whether it's the designation or the professional experience behind them. What's your best advice for people? Because I think Fundraising is one of those things where asking people for money can be one of the hardest things to do. So what is your advice for people who are taking on that role, whether professionally or through 100 women
2: or that same yeah. sort of thing? And I hear that a lot. People say, oh, I could never ask someone for money. I can't either. That is a difficult thing to do. It's about inspiring people to want to be able to give. And as Allison said, everybody wants to give back. They just need to find a way that works for them to be able to do that and so I think that's the biggest thing about 100 Women is we're bringing women together, we're inspiring them to support a cause and people give what they can and give freely. Yeah, what are actually, these weren't in the questions, but what are the causes that are most important to
0: you each as individuals?
2: Well one thing that we've learned through this, there are so many organizations that you've never heard of that are doing incredible work, that are filling a big need in the community. But because they're small and they don't have big marketing budgets or they have a small staff, they really go unsung and unnoticed. So when the opportunity comes to vote for an organization that is more grassroots, you know, and, and $20,000 would be like $100,000 to a larger organization, that's really where my heart goes, is where we're directly helping people who need
1: a hand up. And I agree with that. Um, it's really hard to choose favorites, but we definitely we definitely feel like all this work we're putting into 100 Women Who Care is so worth it when we find, are exposed to these charities that nobody's heard from. The best thing we can hear when we're out in the audience listening to somebody talk about a charity that they really feel passionately about is when I hear all around me oh my gosh like I have never heard of this one before yeah. it's so amazing what they're doing I I think that's the greatest thing because there are a handful of charities that are sort of household names but there's well over 2,000 registered charities in Calgary um, one of the best moments for us was May 2014 we had uh, Marin come to a meeting okay. and uh, we had just given $9,600 to Helping Families Handle Cancer Foundation with Carrie Stock. Uh, so she had gotten up to thank everybody. And they're a, a, a small organization. She's a cancer survivor, her childhood cancer survivor, and she's just helping all kinds of families in Calgary these days. And she had everybody in tears. It was so emotional. And Mayor Nancy got up right after her and he said, you know, I thought I knew all the charities in Calgary, but I didn't know that one. So that was a great moment for us.
0: They actually just received uh, one of the Transform Your Story grants through St. Really? Chevron, so and like had a great experience with it. So, great. but again, hadn't heard of them before, mm-hmm. and yeah, no, it was a great venue for that. So, Allison, I'm we're sitting in your living room, and I'm assuming these are photos
1: that you have taken. <laughs> yes, they are.
0: Yeah, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about your photography business and you know your
1: particular f- style. So, I'm transitioning into it as a business um, because my main job other than a 100 women who care has been stay-at-home mom but my kids just turned five and seven so i'm trying to transition now into working again and for me that's um, going to be a pursuit of passion my passion being photography and specifically documentary style family photography so i know a lot of people will not know what that is uh, it's a photojournalistic approach to documenting the story of a family's life i'm all about things that are honest, authentic, and real. I've never been comfortable with pretending or posing or saying cheese. So what I'm doing is trying to capture what it's life, like, especially with young kids, the time goes by way too fast. Kids change way too fast. And it's hard to appreciate it because you're so tired and busy, but it's a really precious time in life. So that's kind of been my focus is to is to capture these authentic moments of real life that can be held in when these kids grow up and they get to hold it in their hands and look back, they're actually seeing what their life was like. So that's Mm kind of what I'm doing.
0: I love that. And we'll include a link to your website in the show notes. Thanks. So am I correct in saying you both have kids? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So what have been the biggest struggles and learnings that you've had as parents? (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure there's a ton of great things That's a as whole well. Part part I <laughs> <difference, right? laughs> or your biggest learning.
2: Well, something that really inspired me about Allison was one of her motivations for starting 100 Women Who Care Calgary was to model to her kids being involved in the community and giving back and philanthropy. And I thought that was a really amazing reason to to want to get involved Mm -hmm. in that and you know I I felt like I was doing that in my day job but I really think that being involved in 100 Women has shown my kids more about what it's like mm-hmm. to to get involved and to be good citizens. And what's great is 100 Kids chapter spun off out of our chapter with one of our members and her husband, who's a 100 Men member, got together and decided to start connected. the 100 Kids. <laughs> and yeah, so that was really uh, neat that they took that on as a family adventure. But, you know, it, it's all about what we're trying to juggle Mm -hmm. and what's important to us and prioritizing in life. And if you can put giving back to your community in a high level of priority, I think
1: that translates to your kids and the kind of people that they become. Yeah, it's, I agree with everything Christy said. And, and that was something I actually struggled with too, because I felt so strongly about it. But at the same time, my kids were a year and a half old and three years old and I also felt like in a way I was robbing myself and them of that t- time just to be family just to focus on parenting but I felt like there's no it just had to happen and I felt it was important for them to see that their mom that their mom can be more than just like the person that makes their <laughs> lunches or whatever but definitely balancing whether you're doing something like what we're doing or you're trying to work a nine-to-five downtown or, or whatever, it, having kids is incredibly difficult because it's so busy and so tiring. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're adorable. <laughs> but. Yeah. No, nobody, you'll never love anybody more, but they can push all your buttons too. <laughs> like they really, it's unbelievable. So it's, uh. It's tough to balance um, yeah. and, to, and to feel like you get to appreciate. It's hard to have your cake and eat it too, basically. Yeah. So you, like Christy said, if you can prioritize the things that really matter to you, that mm-hmm. you really value, then you're going to be just fine because nobody's life is perfect. Just
2: yeah,
1: don't lose sight of what's important to you.
2: Yeah.
0: And Christy, how old were your kids when you started 100 Women?
2: Uh, they would have been 14 and 9. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah, they're older, but yeah. still... You know, yeah, the you're still driving mom's taxi and <laughs> making lunches and what have you. But yeah. yeah, you know, if you're if you're going to carve out time for yourself, you know, for us to be able to do something so rewarding, uh, that really is for ourselves mm-hmm. but has such spin off effect in in your family life but your community as well. Yeah. Well my next question, which I think you may have just answered, is what are the things that
0: you do that are that are just for you, that aren't your career, that are something that gives you
1: a lot of fulfillment and satisfaction. So I, I really love getting out by myself. This doesn't happen very often, <laughs> but, um, I've, I, I love driving out to the mountains, bringing my camera and being completely by myself. That is very relaxing and sort of re-energizes my batteries. That's, that's just one, one little thing, but otherwise, yeah. yeah time know. away from the kids is yeah. five <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Walking in silence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just the quiet, right? Mm. The, yeah. Because mm. that's the one, like, especially last year, my kids were on opposite schedules. So one would be gone to school every morning for kindergarten, and the other had either programming, he, he had a severe speech delay. So he had 12 hours a week of therapy um, every afternoon. Or he'd be at preschool with that therapist every afternoon. But basically, and then, you know, they're sleeping with me at night. And it's, I just had absolutely zero kid-free time. So, yeah, anytime, like, even if it's just, you know, having a bath or something. But honestly, you love your kids to death. But having that slight break um, makes you love them even more.
0: Yeah. And it's funny, I know a lot of moms in my birth and babies group that that aren't getting that time mm-hmm. for themselves, whether it's just they don't have a support system in the city or whatnot. And I just think how important it is to have a few hours for yourself every week, just mm-hmm. to recalibrate. And because I think it's easy to lose yourself as a parent. Mm-hmm. There's you're on call twenty four seven.
2: Well, we yeah. all know that we should drink water and exercise and eat yeah. our vegetables. <laughs> But how many days of the week do you really do that diligently? And I I think it's the same. We all know that we need time for ourselves and self-care and, you know, not always putting kids first. But it's very difficult to do that. Um, And so nobody's going to give you that time. You've got to take it for yourself.
1: I I would say to people listening who struggle with like feeling like they're taking away from their child taking themselves away that what you do is what who they will become so if you are modeling being a total martyr and never giving anything to yourself then you're modeling that for them so if you really want them to grow up and have a balanced life you will prioritize time for yourself if I was really smart I would go back in time and and have Mm -hmm. like it in the schedule have something anything a walk yoga class or pottery. That's another good one I'm doing right now. That's a great, <laughs> great one. Something a way that's just completely for you is not selfish because you're also modeling that great behavior for your kids.
2: We have a lot of members who uh, are moms of young kids and their meeting night is their girls' night, yeah. and they bring friends, and they're enjoying their glass of wine, and this is an opportunity to get away from the house for yeah. an hour or two, but fulfilling a, a big need for them too.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm conscious of time, so we will wrap up with the sort of standard five questions that I always ask on mm-hmm. the Girl Tries Life podcast. So what are the things or the projects that get you really fired up and
1: excited? What I get really fired up about, I'm I'm completely obsessed with photography so that is what I get fired up about I really love the challenge of getting a really great moment that you didn't fabricate just capturing something really awesome at the exact right time that fires me up yeah
2: for me it's being able to get your hands dirty <laughs> in some way and mm-hmm. whether that's getting involved in a community project where you can directly see how you're making a difference for people or getting out in the garden you know just being able to be very present in the moment and just getting involved where you can see the direct result of what you're doing i, I you know we do a lot of things that you don't see an impact or what have you so it's to me i really enjoy something that i can be present with and i imagine a hundred women can help fulfill that as absolutely well.
0: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so do we want to talk about books or is that a <laughs> <laughs> last five years yeah. anything like what are the most inspiring books that have kind of stood out to you in mm-hmm. last few years
2: for me uh wild by cheryl Strayed. Yeah. the book is definitely better than the movie <laughs> um it was it was the sort of decision where you thought that is crazy why would she ever choose to put herself Mm -hmm. in danger and physical danger in peril Um, but she needed to make a major life change so she made a major decision and I I still don't know that I would (laughs) follow in her footsteps exactly but how brave it was of her to be able to do that and go out into the wilderness and be on her own yeah. and be so very vulnerable I think it just showed in a lot of ways you can do anything you set your mind to it might be painful it might be difficult you might have a monster but, of a backpack <laughs> but she only had herself
1: to rely on mm-hmm. and she made it so yeah it's I definitely had to ransack my memory to think about books <laughs> that I've read and there's there's a few but no, these aren't novels, but it does stand out to me. My mother-in-law often will send me books that she really likes. So, uh, so she sent me "Daring Greatly" by Brené Brown. Everybody knows that one, um, and also Shonda Rhimes' book uh, "A Year of yes. yes." Yeah, and those were resonated with me because I feel like sometimes when you are really passionate about something, you stop being scared and. You you don't allow yourself to be scared, and I think we should do that more often. So being your authentic self, nobody likes being around people who are being fake. It is draining, and it's, it's really empowering when people can just be themselves and be authentic. So I really love the vu- vulnerability thing from Brene Brown, but also that saying yes from Shonda Rhimes because I know I definitely, when we were starting 100 Women Who Care, I remember people, my friends saying, well, doesn't this mean you're going to have to, like, do some public speaking? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I don't know, like, that's not definitely in my wheelhouse, but, (laughs) but, and, and the same friend said, well, why don't you just get someone else to do it, which is kind of what's happening now, actually, but, but I said, you know, I would, I'm uncomfortable getting up in front of people, but I'm even more uncomfortable not owning what I'm trying to do Mm -hmm. here, and, so every time I was could get an, a radio interview or a television interview or whatever it might be to be able to get the word out, to reach more people that would want to be part of this, I just said yes first, and I could freak out about it later, but <laughs> I, it was there was no question it was going to happen. And I knew whatever, like, like Christy just said, if you just put your mind to it, you're going to be able to do it. You just have to set aside your fear of of not being able to do something. You can do it, you just have to say yes yeah. and keep moving forward. I'm hoping that you ladies
0: could share your favorite quotes and why they're your
2: favorites. One that we use uh, for 100 women is never underestimate, you know, what a small group of people can accomplish. And mm-hmm. I, I just butchered that quote, but it's by Margaret Mead. Yeah. And it's ends with, indeed, it's the only thing that ever has changed anything. And we're a group of 100 to 200 women in a city of a million people. And we're making a really big difference. And we're doing it four hours a year. And I remember learning about the concept of 100 Women Who Care and actually got out the calculator <laughs> to do 100 Types 100. That is $10,000. And just being amazed at how simple that really was. And so. We are a small group doing big things, and I think we're changing lives as a result.
1: Yeah, and I do, I I meant to, to, I love quotes, and there's a lot of great ones, but I believe it was Maya Angelou who said, uh, people, and I'm gonna butcher this too, (laughs) it essentially says, people don't remember what you said, they remember how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is, that meant, it's got a lot of meanings, I think, to a lot of people, but for me, that helps me to get up and talk in front of people for example because as long as i'm being respectful and honest and authentic they're not going to remember that i screwed up my line or nobody's really auditing your speech but what they care about is the is your passion and why you're doing things and that you're doing something so that's i think that's a great quote for life because if you just can be yourself and treat others really well you're that's what people are gonna remember you for
0: yeah and what is the best life lesson you've learned or advice that you've been given
2: when I was a teenager I volunteered for the child life program at the local hospital and that was a great experience and I remember one of the volunteers there she herself had been a child patient and she was a part of this program and she said be that someone And what she meant by that was we, a lot of people will say, someone should do something about that, or this is a problem, or there is a need, or what have you. But I've always approached it as, I can be that someone. So not looking for somebody else to fix it. We can all
1: make a difference and make a change and be that someone. So... Life lesson, one thing that had a huge impact on me was when I vol well I wasn't a volunteer. I worked for a summer at a seniors home and just serving food. but to me, it was really memorable because of course, people are there. they' they hardly ever get visitors. It's sort of i I don't know, it's not like very homey place to be. And there was a lot of value in. For me i remembered what everybody had this person has coffee this person has tea this is what they like in it and i remember there was one lady there who wanted uh, her milk heated up i believe she was uh, chinese and she she would always have to wheel over and get them to heat it up and some of my colleagues there who'd kind of been there for a long time were a bit jaded they would always roll their eyes like oh she's asking for this again and i'm like why aren't you doing that for her in the first place? Because you know this is how she takes it. Why are you making her come over and ask for it every day? She couldn't even really speak. There was another woman there who couldn't speak and she was on pureed foods. She had had a stroke, I believe. Um, but she had somebody come in, like a speech therapist or some sort of occupational therapist. And they they allowed, they allowed helped her to make a consent decision with, uh, basically pointing at pictures. So she went from pureed food to ground food. And this woman never spoke. She had like, she was paralyzed in her face and couldn't speak and she could hardly swallow, which is why she had to be on the pureed foods. But I remember I noticed this change and I said, I said, Isabel, good for you. You're on ground food, good for you. Like I just was really happy for her. And so even though she had never said anything to me or even had an expression on her face, She came up to me and gave me a a big hug, and I I still can hardly talk about it because it was such a powerful experience for me, but just the little things that you can do for people uh, can go a long ways.
0: So the last question is, what does it mean to each of you to live your best life?
2: well what Allison said was to be authentic I think we compare ourselves a lot to other people I think we're jaded by what we see on social media as perhaps ideal lives or or a false happiness that we see out there so set your own standards of what a good life is for you if spending all your time with your kids is what makes you happy then do that you know don't don't feel as though you're you're not doing the right thing because that's not what other people are doing. So, set your own standards and live life by your own standards, and don't compare yourself to others.
1: I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to top that. Yeah, I I think it's a great it's a great thing to just think about what you value most, who who you want to be around. Surround yourself with people who are great people who are interesting and that you love to be around and who love to be around you. Uh, Don't waste too much time on on people that suck the life out of you and yeah, never lose sight of what's important to you and, and that you don't need to keep up with the Joneses and do all the same things and compare yourself to other people. Value your individuality.
0: Well, it, yeah. I just want to say on behalf of, as a member of 100 Women, thank you both for what you do and what you've created. I think you're having a huge impact on community, and thank you for sharing your stories
2: with our listeners. So well, thank I really you for it. saying that. We've been just pleased to have you, and you've been a contributing member, <laughs> nominating and, and having the opportunity to experience having your charity chosen, which we say it's like winning the lottery and yeah. you're giving the money away, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's still that same feeling uh, that you're doing something really great. Yeah. Well, thank you, ladies. Thank you.
0: So I don't know about you guys, but their stories just blow me away. That they realized a need That they saw there was this gap, and rather than thinking, hmm, I'll just wait for someone else to do it, they both had the courage and the tenacity to just create it themselves, and to create a friendship and a relationship from, you know, being complete strangers. And I, I am just beyond blown away by these women. And I hope that you are too. Show notes can be found at girltrieslife.com forward slash podcast forward slash two five. Now it would mean the world to me if you would head on over to iTunes and it could be on your phone, it could be on your desktop and leave and rate and review the podcast. It really helps other listeners to find us, you know, then we can start to share more of these stories. I think these women's stories deserve to be told and deserve to be heard. So the more ratings and reviews we get, the more people are likely to hear their incredible stories. Now, next week on the podcast, we are joined by Sarah Schmidt, who is a personal stylist. And let me tell you, when she arrived at my house, she looked stunning. But not only did we talk about personal style, we also talked about diversity in fashion and politics and finding your own niche in the world. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so as not to miss out on her episode. Take care, guys. I hope that you're doing well. And and if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend that you think would appreciate it as well. Take care. Have a fantastic day. And remember that the difference between people that dream big things and those that achieve them is all in the action that they take. So I want you to go away today and think about what action you can take to achieve your goals and your dreams. And then I want you to do it. Until next week.